The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, joined by your hosts, myself, Alex Fishbein, and I got Dennis Big Sexy Clawson. What's going on, Dennis? Look at you. You're smitten over there. <laughs> getting married your big shot going to greece i mean i, I was so laying I, pipe overseas <laughs> of course of course um i will say i figured there was gonna be plenty of Giannis fans and stuff like that when i went to greece i actually met like three or four sixers fans over there one of them was actually such a big sixers fan he was a diehard Allen Iverson fan. Allen Iverson has a tattoo on his shoulder that says only the strong will survive with like a cross. He got Allen Iverson's tattoo on his shoulder. So while we were gone, a lot of things happened. A lot of teams advanced, so on and so forth. The second round is all up to their game sixes. We got a lot of people up to 3-2. But we'll start off with one of the awards that was the highly probably the most debated award throughout this entire season was MVP. Joel can we, Embiid. Can I, can I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Thing. Go ahead. Are we going to talk about the all-NBA teams at all? Oh, we can definitely talk about that uh, but can with, I, along with this. Can I say something, though? Like, how stupid? Can we just get rid of the positions, please? Agreed. Can, uh, enough. 100% agreed. And they're supposed to be getting rid of them with the new CBA. Yeah, the, it can't come soon enough because it's stupid. I agree. I mean, especially like the last the last two seasons since Jokic won MVP, he was automatically in the center spot. But then you had Embiid not getting first team for the last two seasons with someone else in there that definitely didn't deserve it over Embiid. Right. And I mean that's just one example. There's many examples over the past decade. You got Jokic, arguably, who could have been the MVP. Some people think he was the MVP. He's on a second-team All-NBA team. Exactly. Because it's stupid. I mean, you even had, like, a couple people in, like, third team, second team, that probably deserved a, a spot in there, too. That... But why do we got to have a third team, though? Can we just stop at two? I mean, I mean... It, it... Is that really that much to brag about that you're third, third? I mean, when it comes to, like, financial things, like, maybe, like, it's a big right. deal. But really, on paper, when you look at it, hey, I was third, third team All-NBA. It's like, so? Yeah. And it's kind of like, it is interesting because usually when you say top players in the league, you say, like, top ten, which would be first and second team. Right. But if you're third team, you're like, oh, I was top 15. I was top 15. Say. <laughs> which is like I would just like don't get me wrong it's still an accolade yes like being top 15 is still a thing but saying top 15 compared to top 10 is like oh all right okay <laughs> I mean when I step there let's go top 50 true eighth team all NBA it's like let's stop 
But also, I always wondered why the all-defensive teams was two, but all all NBA was three. We need a little consistency. Yeah. And then the all-rookie team is two also. Yeah, so why do you have three? Yeah, I agree. Um, but, yeah, so we have Joel Embiid winning his first MVP. Like I said, probably the most debated award this year probably the most debated award the last few years um because i feel like a lot of the awards outside of the all nba teams everyone kind of was like yeah makes sense for like all the people that won it was like there could have been one or two other guys that could have won but the guy who ended up winning was still made sense with all, with pretty much all the other awards. Um so I I you were the one actually that said Joel Embiid was going to be MVP from the beginning of the year. Whoa, Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> I picked I picked Luka Doncic in the beginning of the year. So. I wasn't falling for that garbage. And honestly, and and you might think I'm on crack at this point. <laughs> But Luca is like, I don't know, man. There are so many players right now I think I'd rather have on my team over Luka Doncic. Yeah, uh, I mean, one of them is is the guy playing in here, Jalen Brunson. To me, true. and I know people are probably like, "Oh, you're stupid," or whatever. To me, I think Jalen Brunson is has shown to be a better player this season. He's, I mean, people are probably going to think this is crazy too, but he has been more impactful. Uh, very him. impactful. They added him, and they made the playoffs, and now they're in game six in the second round also because of him. And, and how how fantastic, and I know we're talking about the we're talking about the MVP, so I get it. But the playoffs have been so great. Oh, they have been amazing. I have loved this year, this postseason. I mean, for what you saw, I mean, too bad you were over North Korea. You couldn't <laughs> see it, see a lot of it. Right. I mean, I've gone back and watched the uh, the the reruns of the games that I've missed and everything. So, I mean, obviously it's not the same. But I've at least been able to get some of the the excitement in there. A couple um, things I'm going to throw out real quick. Okay. DeAndre Ayton is out. Yes. For tonight, he's, he's out. Uh, the Celtics looks like they're going to roll. And I think this is a good move with the Celtics. The Celtics are going with the Robert Williams-Al Horford starting lineup. Okay. So that, that'll be good for them. I think that's going to be huge. And also we got uh, Landry Shamet going into the starting lineup for the Suns tonight. Isn't Chris Paul also out? Chris Paul is out. Okay. Um, but but I mean everybody knew he was out to begin right. with. Right. Right. I just meant in general because I forgot. About well, Campaign's been starting, but he hasn't played that well. I think Campaign will play better coming off the bench. Hmm. Um. I mean, Phoenix bench, surprisingly, I love how we have we have MVP scrolling at the bottom, and <laughs> we're not even talking about it. But Phoenix bench, surprisingly, has been all right. Yeah, no, I agree. 
Um, well, hold on. Before we get too yeah, yeah, let's go. I'm sorry. Before we get too much into that, um, I will say I'm super excited for Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid to win MVP. Um, I'm saying MVP in his name because literally all around Philly they have billboards saying MVP'd. Um, but uh, super excited for him. I honestly think if I honestly think he should have just won his MVP last year, and then give Jokic the one this year. To be honest, well, but, that's not how it works there, honey. You know. No, I know, I know. I just mean in a perfect world, I think it would have been more Embiid last year because that was the whole Ben Simmons sitting out, and then they get Harden and Embiid carried the team the whole time. Like, I just thought that would have been more correct. But either way, still ends up in the same total. Jokic two MVPs, Embiid one MVP. So I I honestly didn't think you could have gone wrong with either Jokic or Embiid as MVP this year. I do not think Giannis should have won it MVP, despite everyone going so hard about it. No, God no. There were so many people that were so adamant that Giannis was the MVP this season. I, I'm telling you, man, the the the, the Bucks were like so surprising to me, <laughs> and this ties in with MVP. So we're, I'm not going off the rails too much, but <laughs> but Giannis has some work to do. Yes, and he posted something on Twitter about you know fired up or something he put, and I'm like, dude, you got to stay healthy, and you got to figure out how to make a shot. You are not. You are, are such a step. You know, and look, he, he missed two games in the po- two and a half games in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, do, do, again, but but here's my thing on this, and I know we're kind of, you know, can we just segue out of this, Bell? Because it's Joel Embiid wins. Like it's throwing me off here. I feel like I'm doing something wrong. What do you want to segue into? I don't know playoffs. Put playoffs yeah. or something. Um, well, the other one I before we'll get to the Sixers and Celtics and Knicks playoffs. We'll just put up the other two. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, but thank you for recognizing that I did call the Joel and B. Um, yeah. And I also called the Sixers going to the even though I kind of pivoted off of that. But I mean, now I, I change it, and you're going back to the MVP, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah, I I actually went back and, and watched that video just because I was like, I forget. I knew I knew you picked Joel Embiid, but I forgot who I picked. So I was like, oh, let me go back and look at this. And yeah, I mean, I'm just one of those Sixers fans that just don't. I never give them the credit they probably deserve until they do it. <laughs> right. So... <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, even though they, they, I forget which game it was, maybe three, four, they they had a pretty big lead going and they kind of blew it. It was the overtime game. Oh, yeah. We'll just go to the Sixers playoffs here. Because <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking Sixers playoffs. So we'll, we'll just jump to this. But I was going to um, say something before. Oh, okay. Here's what I was going to say. Okay. It is so funny and so hypocritical to me. How Joe Missoula is taking a lot of the heat for the Sixers playing well, but Jason Tatum, who has played like garbage, nobody says anything about that. 
So it's just it's funny to me though, like, like, but uh, and then in Milwaukee though, like, Giannis, same thing, takes no, nobody says anything about it, how bad he played. Not not only did he play not good, but he we got a coach that's now fired because of him. Now, is Budenholzer like the best coach? No, but I mean, when you look at how that team is constructed, I mean, could have he have played Jay Crowder a little bit more? And I love how we're still not talking about the Sixers, but. Um, could he have played Jay Crowder a little more? Could he have been, you know, something? Yes, but when we're talking about Chris Middleton, who's just been hurt all year, we're talking about Giannis, who has struggled, and nobody nobody says anything to Giannis, and now Giannis is talking, to, you know, there's been rumblings about Giannis is unhappy and he wants to see what the direction of the, the organization with. It's like, motherfucker, like, you have, you're a part of the problem. Yeah. You suck. You suck during this postseason. You sucked last postseason, but nobody says shit about it. And everyone can preach about like his stat, like his all-around stats to end the elimination game however much they want. But still the most important stat is he shot 10 for 23 from the free throw line. Nobody he says shot, shit about that. He shot 23 free throws and could only make 10 of them. When, if he just made five more which is still not a good free throw shooting percentage they would have won the game yeah but nobody's gonna say anything about that though no and that's and it's like we're not sitting here saying Giannis is some terrible basketball player because he deserves him I'm not saying he's a terrible basketball player because he did deserve his MVPs that he got before he deserved his you know all his accolades and whatever but like if we're talking about this season, I will say, and that they asked him in the like post game press conference if the season was a failure and stuff like that, and he, I mean, he gave a good response about sports and not really like quote unquote failing. But let's not beat around the bush. The season was a fucking failure. You were the number one seed, the best record in the league. A guy that everyone was saying was the MVP. And you lost to the eight seed. Right. That's a failure. And and, and I'm still going to go on record like nothing's changed, even though you went to Greece like a big shot. Nothing has changed. I'm still going on record when I say Miami's just not that good. Right. They're not that good. No. They really aren't. I mean... Jimmy Jimmy Butler is the whole team. If Jimmy Butler does not have this outstanding game, then Miami does not win. That's been the whole thing That's of it. their team. It, it, it. it starts and ends with Jimmy Butler. Even right now, according to BovadaSportsBook.com, the Miami Heat have the third highest odds out of the four teams in the Eastern Conference. And that's only because they're up 3-2 to two against the Knicks. Like, if that one game would have went a little differently, they probably have much worse odds as they do right now. But the Sixers and the Celtics, who still in their own battle, have much higher odds than the Miami Heat do. They're really not that good of a team. That's why I don't pay attention to any 
you know, anybody's stuff when they, people on the internet are delusional. Oh, yeah. I mean, nobody has a problem. Like, Giannis has got some work to do. Not booting holders out. And now we're talking about coaching candidates, like who's going to replace him. And the list doesn't really look that good. And honestly, if you were intelligent, if you were going to fire Budenholzer, you should have had a little side combo with like Eme and been like, hey, listen, man, if Budenholzer fucks this up, we're going to be calling you. So can you like try to stall on the Rockets job? Because if we get rid of this guy, we're going to name you the head coach. And it, no. like, it was all because they got a lot of pressure to fire Budenholzer because they're like, how did we lose? They needed a scapegoat, essentially. And that's what Budenholzer, Bud was, just a scapegoat. Exactly. I mean, he's got to take some of the blame. Oh, for sure. He he made some bad decisions coaching-wise, for sure. But I need some some accountability on Giannis, all right? The injury thing is getting super old. The poor shooting is getting super old. The now he's turning into a uh, a whiny baby. That's mm-hmm. starting to get a little old. If you want to get traded, that's fine. But like quipping the pain, let's let's not turn into this here. Where, but no wonder he's fucked up because they don't have cable in Greece. So that's why you go exactly. And the other the other thing too is the players that literally rely on their freak of nature size and athleticism only last so long if they don't develop other aspects of their game. LeBron depended on sheer power, strength, and speed for a long time until LeBron started shooting more. Not saying LeBron is a good, is, is like some elite shooter, but like he at least started shooting more. And when he got from like the end of his heat tenure to when he went back to Cleveland, he actually, you had to respect his threes. Well, for, for one, LeBron is just as physical as Giannis is. However, yes. LeBron can make his free throws, and LeBron stays healthy, and LeBron has a hell of a lot more talent in other areas. He's, he's a fantastic passer. Yep. He can shoot a hell of a lot better than Giannis can. He can his at IQ least, is through the roof. He, he, there's not even a comparison between those two guys. No, that's true. I just mean, I, I'm just trying to talk about the players that depend on that power and everything. Like Shaq. Shaq was the most unstoppable player for a, most of his career. But the moment he started getting past 30, he couldn't do anything else other than power through people. But he's starting to get too old to take the hits to really get down low and like bully people out of the way and everything. And if you can't shoot, especially in today's NBA, then you're not going to last as long. Brooke Lopez figured out a way to start shooting threes, especially at a high clip. And now Brooke Lopez wins Defensive Player of the Year at, what is he, 33, 34? And was looked at as like one of the best starting role players in the league. And that's because he expanded his game and learned to do other things than just be down low. Like, why couldn't Robin expand his game that much? You would figure they're identical twins. Maybe he would be able to do the same shit that Brooke does. You would think. 
<laughs> like, what is up with these twins? That's a good like, question. Like, Markeith oh. is better than Marcus. Yep. And that's Those are the only two sets of twins I can name right now. <laughs> oh, the Martins. Oh, yeah. Caleb Barnes better than uh, the other one. His name Cody. Right now. Cody doesn't even play. True. What about, are the Zellers twins or are they just brothers? They're just brothers. Oh, okay. What about the Plum? No, Plumleys are just brothers too. Never mind. <laughs> um, anyway, though, going back to the Sixers Celtics. Um, I saw something online and I agreed with it actually for once. I think this win in game five so far is the biggest win of the Embiid era in Philly in the playoffs. Because the Sixers never win that game. Especially against Boston. The the Sixers of old, the Sixers of new, they just never win that game in that scenario, in that situation, on the road. And they came out and destroyed them. I mean, I was sitting there most of the game being like, all right, there's going to come a time in this game where they're going to blow the lead and then it's going to get all, uh, you know, chippy and then something's going to happen in the end and there might be overtime. And I was just waiting for that to happen. So I was still, I was excited because I was like, oh, the Sixers are winning it. But... In the back of my head, I was like, I'm not going to get too excited just in case. However, it never happened. And the Sixers kept the foot on the gas and they ended up winning. Tyrese Maxey finally had himself a solid game since game one. Yeah, he's had a couple. He's he's scored over 40 in two of these games. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Harden scored over 40. Maxey had... Um, thir- he had 30-some in game five. And then game one, I think he had close to 30. Yeah, Harden had 42 in game one. and then he Or 45 in game one. And then he had 42 in game five. In game four. Okay, I can't keep track of this anymore. <laughs> or whatever game went to overtime. That's the one he had 40-some. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Harden actually played like a, a third option role in Game 5 and was more of the distributor type. He only took eight shots, didn't do too much, but Maxi finally had his big game. And they, they actually said on the broadcast that in Games 2, 3, 4, Maxi combined had zero points in all of those fourth quarters. So it, up until Game 5... The only fourth quarter he scored in was back in game one. And then he came out, had a great game in game five to go along with Embiid's great game. And so, like you said, we were talking about scapegoats and everything. Here's the biggest thing I take out of this series so far. It's actually not even anything on the Sixers' side. What the fuck are they doing with Jalen Brown? Like... Jalen Brown destroys the Sixers every time he plays them. And then all of a sudden, their like offensive game plan is to just not give him any shots. I think he's I think he's gonna 
I think he's gonna bounce back tonight, though. I would hope so. I mean, they should. I mean, it, it's funny enough, according to Bavada, they are two and a half point favorites in this game, despite the fact that they're playing on the road. So everything is pointing to them um, bouncing back. And I do think Jalen Brown should bounce back as well because they'll probably give him the ball a little bit more. But there was. I mean, it's not like he's been playing horrible, though. He's like one of the only guys who can, who's shot relatively well. Tatum has it. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Jalen Brown, it's not that he hasn't been playing well. It's just the fact that, like, you have Marcus Smart jacking up step-back threes for no fucking reason. And then you have Malcolm Brogdon taking more shots than Jalen Brown. You have Jason Tatum jacking up 30 shots. Like, why, as as the head coach with Missoula, why are you not telling your guys, hey, how about you get our arguably best player because a lot of people have been talking if, if it's either brown or tatum why don't you get our arguably best no, player second stupid. best player the ball so he can actually score like well i mean why don't jason tatum just start making some shots that too i mean that would help and that's another thing is I knew people would say, oh, Jason Tatum like had such a big game in game five because he ended up with 30-some points. But they neglect the fact that the Sixers got a big lead in the first and second quarters because Jason Tatum was like 0 for 6 to start the game. And he 0 for did, 8. 0 for 8. And he did not shoot well at all for like at least the first half. He ended first up shooting... Day, yeah. The second half, he shot perfectly fine. But, like, right now, he's shooting 30% from three in the series. Jalen Brown's shooting 43. Jason Tatum's shooting 45% overall. Jalen Brown's shooting 57. And somehow you're not getting him the ball more. I just, I genuinely do not understand that. Well, we're gonna. Um, I think I think Tatum is gonna get a little bit more involved tonight, and I think Robert Robert Williams is probably gonna have his best game of the series tonight as well. So that that's the thing I want to see the most is the Sixers attacked Horford a lot in Game Five, especially because they play the same exact drop coverage defense every single time. So there was, there was a point there where the Sixers ran a pick and roll with Harden and Embiid like four times in a row. And they scored four times in a row because Horford just didn't take one step up. So like, I'm, I would hope Robert Williams can play some better defense than that. Um, I pretty much guarantee you Robert Williams will play better defense. Oh yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah, his sixteen minutes he'll get, but he'll still play it. That'll be one hell of sixteen minutes. I tell you that. <laughs> no, it will. Um, I almost kind of wish that, uh, like, they would play since they're playing Robert Williams and Al Horford together. That they would play like B Ball Paul and Joel Embiid together, <laughs> just to counteract. Yeah, you gotta throw Tucker out there so he can take his zero, zero attempts. Um, yeah, but Tucker, uh, Tucker has been 
I mean, oh, hold on. So Sarah says hi. Hi. And she says, David wants to know where her bear is. <laughs> oh. Ah, Brooklyn Nets bear. Okay. Yep, it's right here. That's awesome. New co-host. <laughs> is that a bear, big bear sexy? I don't know. His name is Utah. Utah. Yeah, oh, for Watanabe. <laughs> He's an Asian bear, can you tell? Of course, of course. I see it now. <laughs> uh, that's awesome, though. Yeah. Uh, so, I kind of forget where I was. Oh, so yeah. My um, wife ruined everything. <laughs> lost my train of thought once I was like, bear? What bear? Um, so, I want to see them play b-ball Paul a little bit more uh, just to go up against Robert Williams because I think having him on well even not Robert Williams like he would be better actually um, going out to the perimeter to cover Al Horford and leaving Joel Embiid in the paint but anyway PJ Tucker that's what we're talking about PJ Tucker's leadership and just his hustle plays have made the Sixers a completely different playoff team like we were talking about that yeah and, we, like, the fact that Tucker just gave Embiid an earful because he wasn't hustling in some of the plays, and he also flipped out on, on B-Ball Paul on the bench the one time, and they asked they asked Paul Reed, like, what was he talking about? He was like, oh, I missed, a, like, a read on a screen, or I missed, you know, setting a screen somewhere, so he was, like, yelling at me for it. Like, the Sixers have never had a player do that since the Iverson days when they had, like, Matumbo and everybody. So, I mean, for a guy to sit there and and, and give Embiid the business like that? Right? And obviously, he has the utmost respect from all the other players because he's out there getting zero points. Right. And he's yelling at all the teammates, and all of the teammates want him on the team. Right. <laughs> yeah, So he. Like, PJ Tucker's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. Never hurt. No. And you and I had talked about PJ Tucker a few times this season. And tons of people are like, oh, he's he sucks. They paid him all this money and he's not getting any points and everything. And it's like, those are the people that don't actually watch the game. They just look at the box score the day after and they're like, oh, he didn't score any. So he's not good. But the thing about PJ Tucker, it's not that he can't score. Right. I mean, he's is he in the most explosive offensive player we've ever seen? No, no. <laughs> but I mean, unlike Ben Simmons, like there's a threat. You put that guy in the corner, it's going in nine out of ten times. I'll tell you that. I mean, in the Brooklyn Nets series, there's the one game where he hit like four of them in one quarter. Like he is able to hit those. He just doesn't have to to be impactful, and, and which is amazing. There's a, I mean, basically the whole 76ers offense is like just predicated around Joel Embiid. Oh, yeah. Embiid and, and uh, uh, Daniel House. Daniel House. <laughs> he came up huge. That was great. Um, but anyway, going off of the Sixers here, let's talk about Knicks versus Miami. So according to Bovada, 
the Knicks are actually five and a half point underdogs going into their game six. Um, they won the game last night after the guy we talked about, Jalen Brunson, had a big time game. What do you think about this series? Do you think Miami's just taking it, or do you think Nick the Knicks actually have a shot at coming back? Uh, I think had you asked me this a couple of games ago, I would have said it's over. Mm-hmm. But the the Knicks team in Game Five was much different than the, the the team in Game Four. In Game Four, the level of physicality that they sh- that they were demonstrating was about a zero point two percent out of a hundred percent. They were getting crushed on the offensive glass. They were getting bullied around by the Heat. Um, but now, it, you know, Julius Randle was start, is starting to look a little bit healthier. I mean, he's not 100%. A, people are just getting it misconstrued that he's not good. He's, but he's just not healthy. He's just got a foot injury. Right. Brunson hasn't been really healthy. He's been dealing with a foot injury. Um, I gotta give it to Mitchell Robinson, who's actually been playing pretty. You know, he's he's been doing what he needs to, right? And you know, Quentin Grimes. I mean, is he still enough to where I wouldn't have traded, held on to him, and not got Donovan Mitchell? No, but I mean, Quentin Grimes is playing pretty damn well too, and. R.J. Barrett, I mean, he's doing what he's supposed to do. So the Knicks, uh, I think they have a chance in game six. I think this probably might go to seven, to be honest with you. Especially if, like, the rest of the Heat outside of Jimmy Butler don't step up as they have been. Like, I mean, there's been a number of times where I'm watching the Heat and I'm just like, this literally just looks like Jimmy Butler and a bunch of scrubs. So right. like, Bam like, Bio included. Yeah, and it's like, which which version of the Miami Heat are even going to show up? Right. Playoff so, Jimmy Butler is a bad dude, though. That's true. Jimmy Butler, watching Jimmy Butler in the playoffs is just a whole different experience than watching Jimmy Butler in the regular season, and it's amazing. It's amazing Weird. every time. Um, but, no, I, I think the Knicks could, at the very least, force a Game 7. Um, they, honestly, once shots start falling for just, like, a couple of the Knicks players, they start to become a completely different team. And with Brunson in there leading that offense, if he can <clears throat> not only get himself going, but get then like get Randall into a rhythm it a lot of the time that's all they need and then it starts to just roll naturally so I do see them winning a game six I mean they're not they're not terrible on the road either if I remember correctly there's been a number of teams in this uh postseason that have been terrible road teams but I don't think the Knicks were one of them I don't. I don't think the the Heat though. They don't want this to go to seven. No, definitely not. Because they're getting. I told you, Julius Randle's getting healthier. He looked a little bit better in Game Five. He's certainly a hell of a lot better than Bam Adebayo. So that's very true. Even though I'll probably so, get shit for that, but the Knicks 
in the regular season out of both conferences, all, all every team in the league, the Knicks had the fifth best road record. The only teams ahead of them, the Bucks eliminated, the Celtics and Sixers, the Kings eliminated. So, <clears throat> outside of the Celtics and Sixers, one of them will get eliminated, then the Knicks are the next best road team. I can't believe that the Kings got eliminated by the Warriors and the Warriors are losing to the Lakers. It doesn't make any sense. I know. It's... It's ridiculous. Um, we can we can move on to that one, to be honest. <laughs> I don't have much else to say about the Knicks. <laughs> the Knicks. Exactly. It's, I mean, it's fun to see the Knicks back in the playoffs and actually competing because, you know, the NBA is, is always fun when the Knicks are actually doing well. But it's the Knicks. Uh, so, yeah. I can't believe the Lakers and Warriors are at 3-2 in the favor of the Lakers right now. Three, It was 3-1, and I was like, wow, this is, this is sad. The Warriors, as I was just talking about road teams, the Warriors on the road are just so bad. I don't understand it. Well, they lost games at home, too, so. True, true. But it's like. But here's, here's what needs to happen. Uh-huh. After the season's over, if they fuck this up against the Lakers, because if they get through the Lakers, they have a good shot of getting back to the NBA Finals. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe not a good shot, but they have a pretty they – they're, they're a, a good playoff team, you know what I mean? So they, they – right. it's not like they don't have the experience to, to win. But if they – if they lose to the Lakers, which would be an upset, I don't care what anybody says, mm-hmm. they really need to figure out what the fuck's going on with, with uh, Jordan Poole. I agree. And say, what is your problem? We literally just paid you, and all of a sudden, as soon as we paid you, you started, you turned into an asshole. Yep. I actually saw, sorry, real quick. I actually saw, like, a... Uh, like a mock trade, and it was Wiggins and Poole for Jalen Brown and Malcolm Brogdon. That'll never happen. Probably not. But I felt I thought like it. Both sides kind of win. No. I mean, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's easily the best player in that trade. The Warriors win that one hands down. True. True. But they need to figure it out with him, but. I mean, Draymond Green didn't. He showed up to play in Game Five, so that might have saved his ass a little bit. But Jordan Poole's just got to figure it out. Kevon Looney's um, he's been has has not been feeling well, but mm-hmm. I mean, shit. Love Kevon Looney. Steph is Steph. Clay's a step down, but they're still the Warriors. Um, but but the, yeah, they got to figure out what the, the Jordan Poole is going to be a big thing this offseason for them. They got to figure out what the hell's going on. I agree because he he's playing he's, like a turd. He thinks he's Steph. He thinks he's prime Steph Curry, and he's not. He's a side was like hitting this uh, this rap chick. I don't mean like hitting like physically. I mean like sexually yeah. hitting it. Yeah, I saw that too. But it's just like I never heard of her, but I... yeah, it's a uh, some new new rapper. Um, 
don't care about her music at all. But anyway, um, the the one shot when it was like still four seconds on the clock and he pulls up from three from like Ooh. bless you, yeah. from from ridiculous range and ends up bricking the shot and you see Steph Curry just like what the fuck and it's just like I was actually watching the there was the one broadcast where it was like Channing Fry and I forget the girl's name but they had Tyrese Halliburton on there too and Channing Fry literally was just roasting Jordan Poole for taking that shot he was like you are not Steph Curry you should not be taking that shot Otherwise, and, he just could go back to playing how he was playing. Right. But but then uh, Halliburton was like, I don't know, man. Like, he was wide open. I would have taken that shot. And Channing Fry was like, that's why you're here with me and not playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, what the – was it? Handles. Stephanie. She's a hot chick, a thick chick. Is it Stephanie Reddy? Is that it? I think so. I for, yeah, I forget I forget oh, her whatever. name. She's, but yeah. she's gorgeous. Up, but. <laughs> but yeah, I, that's what I thought too. I was like, why are you taking that shot? You're not the one to be taking that shot. That's just not... You're not that guy. Right. Not that guy, pal. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but with that being said... <laughs> with that being said, according to Bavada, the Warriors are not... That far away from winning the series, they're at plus one eighty five to win the series, which isn't that bad. So they definitely still could could pull this series out, but I guess we'll have to see. But what what do you think about Suns Nuggets? I just like that the Suns and Nuggets are fighting each other. <laughs> I still think the the Nuggets are a much better team. No, oh, I agree. I think that Chris Paul's a bum. Not because he's a bad player, it's because he's old. So right. he's going into the bum category. Um, <laughs> but actually, you know why he's a bigger bum? is because he's hurt again. That's why True. he's a bum. True. Which is, you know, I'm going to say it again. DeAndre Ayton is going to be in Dallas, and Kyrie Irving will be in Phoenix next season. And then Chris Paul's going elsewhere. So, okay. so yeah. Okay. You I watch; it's it. gonna happen. I could see it. The thing is, too, with Phoenix, it's literally just Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Everyone else. Hey, we've seen teams that are constructed like that, and it hasn't really worked out too well. That's true. I mean, they could have really used a Cam Johnson or a Macal Bridges. Well, anybody can use a Macal Bridges, but that's true. Let's just you know the. Fortunately, the Suns' bench has actually played better than anticipated. Training. Who the hell would have thought like how important like Landry Shamet would be, your boy. Yep. And you know, I'm just surprised though that they're not playing more Biombo and they're they're going more Wandale. Over Biombo, especially like I get it, he's he's better in transition, he's faster, he's better shooter, and blah blah. But Jokic is a monster, and right. I think Biombo at all out of him, Aiton and Londale, like Biombo has the best chance of at least 
doing something. Not, I think, not not much, but at least better. Like I think his defensive and rebounding abilities are better than Londale. Yeah, like I get it. They're playing faster and stuff like that against the but if they think they're gonna tie your Jokic out by running it fast, they're not going to because the guy's like he he's like skinny fat, you know, he's like he's a, he's a little chubby, he's a little but he's in good shape. And on top of that he always brings the game down to his his pace. Like, you can try and run him out as much as you want, but at some point, he always brings it back down to wherever he wants it. He he is... He, he actually overshadows Kevin Durant, like, in terms of... Like, Kevin Durant's considered one of the best players in the league. Yeah. But he's not even on the same level as Jokic is. No, I agree. I don't think a lot of guys are at these days. I think Jokic is kind of on his own, and the, the guy closest. And and I know we're not talking about it, but I mean, I will give props to to Joel Embiid mm-hmm. for just playing through injuries and and finally, like he seems more mature. And I tell you, if you didn't like almost start crying when he started crying when his son ran out on the floor when he won MVP, I mean, you're not a human being. Agreed. Agreed. And I was actually going to say, uh, when you brought up Quentin Grimes, respect to him when he like rolled his ankle or whatever, got back up, was hobbling, and still got a steal as he was mid like limping, got the ball to his team, and then stayed in the game for the rest of the game on that Oh, ankle. yeah. Now, that's like how it should be done. Exactly. Like, you're in the playoffs. Like, P.J. Tucker said it, too. Like, you have to go above and beyond what you think your body is capable of in the playoffs if you actually want to win. You just have to. That's why if you had a team of Jokic and P.J. Tucker and Bridges and, you know, a couple of the other guys who stay healthy that I can't think of right now, but you'd have a great team. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, Yeah, I mean... I but I going back I also agree Nuggets are just better. According to Bavada, they're at minus four fifty to win the series, which is what it should I be. I will say though, uh Jamal Murray though is questionable illness. He late late add to the injury report. That's true. That that could be a lot. A big impact, I should Might say. be a Reggie Jackson night. I completely or forgot Reggie Smith Jackson's night. even on their team. <laughs> I completely forgot Reggie Jackson existed, to be honest. I don't blame you. (laughs) Uh, But but anyway, our last topic here. Oh, we got more? One more. I'm not up to... This is stupid, too. That's all I was going to ask. I saw the news report that J.J. Redick got the interview for the head coaching spot. Not saying that J.J. Redick is like a bad basketball player person or a bad basketball mind but like if i'm toronto really at this stage of where the team is at with the roster that you have really jj reddick yeah it's done yeah i don't get it at all i guess milwaukee's interviewing kenny atkinson um and nick nurse (laughs) that guy will not go away no. 
I don't understand. I don't understand why Milwaukee would even want to interview him because it's like one of the good things of Milwaukee the past few seasons has been their bench, and Nick Nurse is a guy that doesn't use his bench. (laughs) He's like like Thibodeau. Exactly, he's like he's like the Antoni two point oh. Even Thibodeau has gone to his bench more with the Knicks than Nick Nurse did this year with the Raptors. I tell you, Tibbs Tibbs looking pretty good this postseason. He has. He, he saved his job. I agreed. I definitely have to tip my cap to Tibbs. With all the shit that I've talked about, Tibbs, I have to give him the credit this year. He has been great. But I just wish he'd figure out: is he going to go bald, or is he going to like go to the hair club for men? I mean, what what is he doing? Just hang on to that last piece of hair. He's got like three strands over it. <laughs> Some people just are too reluctant. They just don't want to let go. But uh, do you have a remember this guy this year, this week? No. All right. That's fine with me. It will be back next week. This was a rough week. Oh, I agree. You just sprung this shit on me out of nowhere. I didn't know what your schedule was. I didn't know anything. I mean, I've been off. Like, we took off for, obviously, the honeymoon, but we also took off this whole week because we were like, we're not going back to work the day we get, like, the day after we get back. Right. So, that, but now it's just kind of like, we also had no food in the house because we were gone for so long. So Did you order Domino's? Uh, not yet. There. So, one thing about Greece... They have Domino's there. Is it? But is it the same? Uh, that's a good question. It seemed like it, it looked the same. We didn't order it because we were just like, all right, we should get actual Greek food. But they, it was funny because we go to get on the public bus to go to the one town, and right on the side of the bus is a huge Domino's ad. And it says, uh, we deliver to the entire island. And I was like, <laughs> I said to Deanna, I was like, we could get Domino's. <laughs> I would have just had a curiosity. Oh, and fun fact, our wedding photographer, shout out Matt Gruber. I worked at Domino's with him when I was in high school. That's how I knew it. Which one was that? You had about six of them. <laughs> I uh, never saw so much bullshit though in my life. Like it was a nice wedding, but holy shit. You had an orchestra, um, a marching band. <laughs> Of three video people, four <laughs> photographers. What is going on here? <laughs> I mean, decided to go with the works. Apparently, I wasn't ready for that for the band. Like you had, a, you had that the guys with the violins and oh, the band was amazing. They were, you know, you know who was sick was that DJ. Holy fuck, that guy, that little Asian guy. That guy, he's the man. Is Jeff, he Asian? Jeff is also no. He's as far as I know, he's just white. Oh, he looks Asian. But anyways, that motherfucker was probably the best wedding DJ I've ever seen in my entire life. Dude, I when we first hired him and we started seeing all the reviews and all the people uh, posting videos and everything, I was like, this guy seems amazing. He was and then, really good. Yeah. The then finally when. He was there and it was live. I was like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" <laughs> and he was so intense. Like he had like he had to have an assistant. Yeah, the assistant's name is Birdman. That's what he calls him. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, uh... 
That would have been amazing if it was Chris Anderson Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that, but I was like, I don't want to be here. I, I give up with the. Because it would have been too, like, predictable. Yeah, that DJ is fucking great, though. Yeah. No, I completely agree. He's, he's awesome. Jeff Scott Gold, I think, is is how you pronounce his name. But yeah, he was, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I th- we should. I wonder if he, I don't know if he watches basketball. I'll have to message him. I, I, I don't think he does. <laughs> I, well, I will say the, the photographer uh, that I knew from Domino's, he's a huge Sixers fan. Shocking. So he could come on and talk basketball. I hung out with the, uh, the lovely couple, a, uh, forget the names. Nice people, though. The ones that were at your table. Yeah, Matt and Jody. Were they sports people? They were sports people, right? He was a sales guy. Yeah, and he. Oh, yeah, and he told me that he told you that he's a college fan, college right, basketball which, fan. Yeah, I don't understand that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, that's Matt and his wife Jody. Very um, nice. I told Mike. Because he called me, like, the week of the wedding, around, like, Monday or Tuesday. And I was like, oh, yeah, we sat some people with you. I think you guys would have, like, good sports conversation because they're they're huge into all sorts of sports. Um, Mike uh literally watched Game 6 of the Rangers-Devils series. At the table? At the table, the entire game. (laughs) Uh, it's funny because I should have introduced him to our other friend Greg, who's a huge Rangers fan. I don't think it would have mattered. Probably not. He's. Still I don't think. Him. I don't think Mike would have. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I mean, that's why he's not here tonight. Is the Ranger? Is the Devils game? I, uh, <laughs> he's very committed to the Devils, apparently. I know. Even though I saw that they lost six to one last game, but. It is what it is, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but unless you have anything else, I no. think that's it for us. Tired. Same. I'm ready to go watch the game. So yeah. Thank you everybody for watching and listening to another episode of the Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA. Brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you check us out. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google, all those things. Subscribe. X Hamster. We might be. Someone might have posted it on there. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, check us out. Subscribe. Share with a friend. We appreciate it. Brazers or Brazers or whatever. (laughs) Whatever it's called. The couch. The black couch. Whatever Doc Rivers is watching. (laughs) That's a whole new... That's a completely different... (laughs) With that being said, we'll catch you guys next week. (laughs) Peace.